This is Bragg, son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. shall answer it's amandine buffoonery is kindled welcome back to like the beacons a lotro podcast that also dabbles in books movies gaming and the lore of jrrt which stands alone alone i tell you so back off this is episode 63 i'm your host brag of the lonely mountain the salt of shield swipe the earl of aggro king of the mountain and dwarf of ill repute I am broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ at the camp of the host. We are having a cold opening tonight. Uh, as most of you guys know, update 20 hit the live servers this morning. I am pressing the enter Middle Earth button. Bragg was positioned last evening standing next to Mithrander, which should be a popular location today. And the game is booting up. And I am going to give you some live... This is like a Twitch stream. For all you viewers out there. You're going to see it live. Or through my eyes. I will describe to you the blessed majesty of this update. Or my name is not Blemish. My name's not Blemish. It's Bragg. Anyway, still loading. So what happens with these Twitch streams is uh, when there's an unbelievable load on the server and everything's delayed... And the host has to basically come up with stuff. Okay. So there you go. I'm in the game. I have quest actions available. I have to assist the herbalist of North Athelion. This is a quest that only used to pop in the cave of Henneth Anon. But now pops also in the host. Ooh, somebody just leveled in front of me. Celebramos. Let's pop a banner of Gondor just to be sociable. And we'll see how long it takes for the command to hit. Three, four seconds, five. Boy, there are a lot of people standing around up here. Uh, Banner Gondor. Planted. Introduction. You have been summoned by Damrod, who requests your presence at the camp of the host in northern Athelion. You should meet with Damrod as soon as you are able. I accept this quest. On behalf of Damrod, I accept this quest. Aragorn has quests for me. Mithrander has quests for me. Oh my gosh, there must be... Let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There's names everywhere. This place is buzzing with activity. Uh, and I got to be deed bestowed. Respected by the host of the West, you must earn respected standing with the host. And thus... The new reputation grind begins. Oh, let's open our Hobbit present live on the server. Plus 5% attack damage for 90 minutes. Very good. Those could come in handy, I'm sure. Must be one of the top prizes available. All right. You know, I could pick up all these quests and read them to you in real time. But instead, let's do something more fun. Let's try an experiment. I am summoning my war steed. I am running past Damrod. I am passing Mithandra. I am passing Aragorn. I am, ooh, coming up on a big crowd of people standing around. Must be some quest hubs in here. Mablong, what are you doing here? Boy, everyone's checking out the vendors. And I'm through the gates! And I'm just going to ride across the landscape and see how much trouble I can get into. Uh, what I really want to know is I'm in the new landscape right now. I'm in the no man lands. And what I really want to know is can I ride all the way up to the gate of Mordor without being killed? <laughs> Ooh, there's mobs. Let's see if the mobs look different. No man waste claw. No. Scrubland crawler. No. These are straight out of Angmar. They, I think they just basically cut and pasted all the beasts from Angmar directly into... Dagger lad in the no man lands. Uh, 
I'm following the path for now. Should I be cutting across? Who knows what I'll aggro. Ooh, there's a bear up here. A blighted waste bear. He looks wasted. I think he's been drinking tequila, waiting for the update to hit. We are crossing, crossing through some ruins. And uh, it's uh, quite a landscape. Let me see. Uh, this doesn't look like the Gate of Mordor. Instead, it looks like a quest hub. Indeed, I have found Harundir. How about it? And where is the stable master for Harundir? Come on, like there is no stable master. I see lots of um, Omilgamel standing about. Great. Uh, maybe she's up the stairs. There's a milestone. And, ooh, there's a camp. This would be a nice view up at the top. Let's check it out. More stairs. A mustering horn could come in handy. And on the very top, I found Dornak and Merthil. And I'm going downstairs. And now I have a view. And let's check out the view. Ooh, I found Elruhir and Eladan. Checking out the depressingness. Okay, so I see the two towers of the teeth. Narcost, I think it would be. You know, there's Nazgul all over here. They don't see a ranger swarming the place. Yeah, they probably do. I don't know if I can survive a jump from this height. And I'm not sure I want to die just yet. I am going to attack the gates of Mordor by myself. That is my quest today. That is my quest if I choose to accept it. So, how are you guys liking this new live Twitch streaming uh, stuff? Do you think I should be a Twitcher? I'm okay. I'll stick with the podcasting for now. We are out the front doors again and back on the trail. It's Gates of Mordor or Bust. I mean, I'm a guardian. I've got 53,355 morale. I think I can pretty much take anything they can throw at me. It's been a long time since I've been killed by something on the landscape <laughs> as my guardian. That would just be ridiculous. See a red circle. That should come in handy. So uh, the train is way more hilly than I thought it would be. Uh, lots of slag hills upcoming. The detritus of Mordor. Discarded out the front doors for low many a year. There's the reduced awareness. I was waiting for it. Someone's calling for a Pelargir run in chat. People are doing Prolar gear when there's new. So I love the sky. It's very dramatic. There's blue on the left. There's red in between. It's streaked with stuff. And it looks very bleak. I see some towers in the hills off in the distance. The war machines of Mordor on my left. Now entering the Slag Hills. Um, not too many mobs about in the Slag Hills. At least not on the main path. Perhaps you have to get off the beaten trail to find those. Uh, interesting, cannot perform mounted combat skills here, so they have been disabled. That's the first high-level area outdoors where I've seen that done. I guess they would think it might pose an unfair advantage. Okay, there are the gates of Mordor. I'm pretty much riding right up to them. <laughs> Absolutely no. Some slag crawlers here and there. There's a couple orcs staggered down inside of them. Wow, okay, I am in front of the gates, directly at the crossroads, in front of the gates. Took me all of less than five minutes to ride here, at least. I can see the towers. I see one, two, three Nazgul, four Nazgul. I challenge ye! Wait, i got to get off my horse for just a second. I am once again going to plant the banner of Gondor right in the middle of the path. Right in front of... Uh, what is it? Gondor banner? Nope. Banner of Gondor? Nope. Oh, gosh. There it is. Okay. I've planted the Banner of Gondor directly. I challenge thee, Sauron, to come forth so that I may light thy beacon and be done with thee. Perhaps if we built a giant wooden badger. Oh, wait. Here's something new. <laughs> I moved forward about three feet from where I was standing, <coughs> and I am dealing with enemy defenders debuff. Enemy defenders have spotted you. Turn back lest you seek death. 1,000 damage every two seconds. 
Okay, we'll step back for a minute. But, uh, geez, that's, you know, that's not like the days when you couldn't cross the river into Mirkwood or uh, if you approached a uh, camp of the blah, blah, blah with one-shotters. Boy, I, I literally stopped off my horse one foot in front of the debuff zone. In case you're wondering, it's at 36.4 south, 3.7 west. It can be resisted occasionally. That should come in handy. All right, when I'm back up to full health, I'm going to make a run for the gates. I mean, we can't be all night with this Twitch, you know, the viewers will get. So I don't think these gates look that tough. I mean, I would be, you know, a little more scared of the gates of Minas Tirith, to be frank with you. It's a big city, lots of stuff. I mean, he's got like, you know, horns and spikes sticking out of him every place. But, you know, it's firing. It's cheerful. All right. We're going for it. We are now receiving. Oh, insta-death. <laughs> you have been dismounted. <laughs> okay. Again, 36.5 south, 3.6 west. Not so friendly. As I expected. Insta-death at the gates of Mordor. I thought when I saw the debuff, maybe there might have been a chance. All right, just to make myself feel better, I'm going to kill a no-man wasteclaw. They have 22k health at level 105, same as anything you'd find in Athelion. So they don't seem much tougher. Except for, of course, they dig into the rock of the Slag Hill and waste your time so that you can't kill them that quickly. Thanks a lot. Oh, and wait. What's over here on yonder hill? Let me dispatch said cave claw. I hit my run speed buff. And Mornweed, which produces files of golden instract, of which I have found two. So there are flower essences, much to everyone's delight, I'm certain, here in the Slag Hills. And Mornweed apparently will produce two. I also see a crafting node, a lavish dagger lad chest, and a ranger cache. Hey! Uh, runes of Gondor, Deed, the Guard Tower Ruins, which holds a, a ranger cache. I could use some cash. Thanks, rangers. And I have a new deed which has been bestowed upon me to find one of eight forgotten caches in the wastes and runes of gondor i have found one of nine so there you go here's the here's the path to find that cache it's very simple you ride up to the gates of uh, mordor you are insta killed uh you go to a red circle and you go straight up from there about uh, 200 feet to the northeast and you will find a ranger cache in the runes should I ride across? How far east can I go? I bet there's more. Let's look at our map. Oh, I have a new map. Forgot to look at that. This is like Christmas. Isn't this Christmas? We have Herendir, which I found already. Andoher's Folly. Dolcharn. And Langruven. And I am guessing Langruven, I am predicting, is going to be the grouping area. That's what I'm calling it. The grouping area, uh, the new Tarlang's crown. That's what I'm saying. Um, and I'm looking for, <laughs> as I'm looking at the map, I'm running across, you know, right in front of Mordor. There could be anything dangerous around here I could run into, could there? And as I cut back, I am blasting out upon a bunch of old slag heaps and looks like the remains of a war. That's for sure. Were there battles fought here? Yes. Brag, there were battles here. Did you read any of the books in Minas Tirith or in Elrond's library or countless other places? <sighs> Not here for lore. I'm here for killing. Lots of it. Um, so not as many mobs in the center of everything. Approaching the main gate of Mordor. And I do have other... I have like po actual podcast stuff to talk about. But I've got to play. I've got to, no, I can't. Okay, so 14 minutes of recording this bull. Um, you know, why don't I just cut over? I'll just stand here on a slag hill. 
We'll cut over and we'll do the rest of the podcast. And I'll periodically check back and see if I'm dead. Sounds like a plan. Where was I going before I was so rudely interrupted? Um, the second beacon of Ilinach. I feel like the second beacon should be Narcost this week, but I'm sticking with the Ilinach. We'll first deal with a lot of CRAP corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Last time out, we offended. Uh, Bullroar release node commenters, Guardian class devs, Essence collectors, Rep faction promoters, Elrond, and Li imbuement advancers. And to all those that were offended, I offer a very hard. Uh, sorry. And uh, viewer comments will agree to disagree. First of all, let's check the leaderboard. The last review of the podcast was left by Orlack of Arkenstone on October 13th of 2016, so he currently has our high score. If you want to join the Celestrious Vacuum of viewers, please, by all means, continue to do absolutely nothing. Uh, let's talk about some listener feedback, shall we? Braggenthorn wrote in to say, dude, they plugged your show, man, congrats, talking about the, uh, the new uh, SSG beacon, not to be confused, because it's pretty confusing with Light the Beacons. SSG seems like they want you and others promoting the game smart of them to use the beacon in their name. Laugh out loud. Thank you for another great cast, man. I think Rush Hemispheres is underrated. Yes, all 20 Rush albums are underrated. Thank you, Braggenthorn. Uh, Grizzled Lion write, writes in. Uh, first time listener, first time writer, I'm assuming. I really enjoyed the show. Thanks for the work. I appreciate the audible Cliff's Notes version of the update 20 notes. My Guardian will not be happy. And your guardian will be happy because, uh, you know, unbelievably. Uh, so Grizzled Lion goes on to say, why does it always seem to be they who get the nerf bat? Agreed, Grizzled Lion. It's always your class that is picked upon, whatever your class may be. Um, but uh, worth noting, I hadn't even uh, wasn't going to mention this, but Grizzled Lion wrote in and was right on point. There are two big things I complained about in the podcast uh, last time out, which was, geez, remarkably recently. Uh, uh, that were drawing a furor in the release notes. The first was the Guardian nerf. And uh, there was a public outcry. And uh, within the week, Turbine had reversed the decision to match the number of targets on the skill to what was written in the skill. And instead um, increased the notes on the skill, the the mouse over notes, to equal the amount of targets that it already had. So instead of a nerf, they fixed the flaw in the text, which indicated how many targets you should be able to hit with your shield swipe. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I think this is a direct influence from the community. There was a public outcry. They made a valid argument on how it would make it more difficult for guards to tank and how difficult it would be. And uh, Turbine listened, right? And so what's the other one? Uh, the big fury over reputation accelerator cost at the skirmish camps going up five times, 500 and... Five to six hundred percent, something in that range. Well, guess what? They scaled back the cost. It still went up, but it went up somewhere in the neighborhood of half of what it was going to before. They found some common ground. People said, yeah, it's too low, but this is too high. How about something in between? Turbine Listen found a compromise. Uh, you know, kudos to Turbine. Um, some great last minute adjustments. Probably was not difficult for them to do it. Uh, but it shows, again, they're listening to the feedback from the community. You know, two biggest complaints, disarmed, right? And now you're talking more about what's good in the content of the release, hopefully, than what's bad. Let's flip back. Am I dead yet? Am I dead yet? No. I'm still looking. I'm in the shadows of, what's the second one called? Carcost. And I'm just standing around in a bunch of trash. No problem. I was hoping to find, like, a camp of, like, I don't know. 40 guys that I could just kill live on stream. You know what? Let's go do that right now. <laughs> uh, can I talk into it? I'm riding over to Car Coast. I see some lights. Could be an orc camp. Let's see if we get some red dots on the map. We have found an orc camp. And it is the camp of... Gathering of Evil at Fusham Gund. There was one guy at the gate. Big deal. That didn't matter. Looks like an inner gate with a few more dudes. Let's penetrate there. 
You know, I'm in the stronghold of the enemy, and I have found them weak. Let's go up to the top. Looks like some kind of overseer. Ooh, multi-level platforms. Always fun. Uh, it's only three guys. I need like 20 guys. Where can I find more? Oh, here's some. Here's a lot of guys. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we can do. We'll make some hay. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, all right, I guess I should start hitting them. It's not that many. Okay, so, oh, so morale pools at 28k as opposed to 21 or 22. Levels at 105. They told us we wouldn't see anything above that anytime shortly. Uh, morale is not dropping below 50k currently. <laughs> Good luck with this, you minis. <laughs> LMs and RKs. <laughs> and new deed, Foe Slayer of Fusham Gund. Looks like I got plenty of hay I can make in here. They got a whole deed around just killing stuff in this camp. Could this be one of the entrances to the resource nodes? A mortar defiler has shown up. There's a mortar. How many? Okay, the mortar overseer has 53k. He'd be considered some kind of elite. Oh, and I, oh, look, a champ came up and helped out. And he's got a dog, too. Okay. Yeah, you quest early, you quest off, and you're going to find uh, a lot of help. That's for sure. All right. So let's go stand over here in a corner. Oop, that place is closed off. Champ is executing some dudes. Good going. Oh, there's a mustering horn up here. What's this about? Oh, it's not a real mustering horn. It's just one that you can... Uh, it's like a decoration for the orcs. I'm in some kind of tower. It's got a nice view. So I'm going to kill everybody so I can enjoy it in peace. Mordor archers. So let's look at the models. Uh, yeah, they seem to have some... Different clothing here. This guy's wearing the latest spring fashions. Looks like sort of a, you know, S&M push-up bra kind of a thing going on. Okay. Whatever. Uh-oh, I fell a long way. Oh, I'm alive. <laughs> ah, perfect. Little cage. Great place to hide. I'll just hang out in here for a little bit. We have to keep moving with this episode or it's going to be hours long. And uh, my computer won't be able to turn it into a file I can actually post on my podcast. So... Um, what were we talking about? Twitter sphere. One or two folks appreciated some of the release twenty update notes I mentioned. So thank you to you guys and community spotlight. The Lotro Beacon mentioned LTB again this past week. So tag, you're it, Lotro Beacon. Um, and I will say that uh, over the past I don't know few months, uh, the Lotro Beacon, some other podcast mentions, uh, the Renaissance in Lotro that has come about. My subscriber numbers, according to my unscientific feed stats generator, are increasing somewhat alarmingly over the last few months, which uh, just goes to show the lack of quality content generally available out on the web, I suppose. Or, I mean, the, the surge in interest in Lotro over that time period. Uh-oh. What do I hear? Oh, it's a hunter killing someone. That's not me. It's kind of interesting. I dropped out of the sky right behind a little screen that I can use to hide. I think close by. Very good. Looks like it's going to be a popular place with the deed to be had in here. I am so scatterbrained. There's new content. All right, Forums Insider. Um, I did want to mention, spurred by a discussion on Lotro Players, this past, Lotro Players News this past week regarding physical and tactical mitigations, I did something I don't normally do a lot. I went out and read some foreign articles. And uh, because there's something I always forget. And uh, I know there's a difference between capped mitigations for tactical and physical mitigation and tier two challenge capped mitigation. Um, and I often forget where that line is. And I wanted to reference some articles so that I could bring it up since it wasn't something that they mentioned on LPN. So we all know that light, medium, and heavy armor has caps of 40, 50, and 60% respectively, both for physical and tactical mitigation. 
uh, but that tier two challenge mobs bypass much of this cap. Um, so in two ways, first by level difference. So uh, if you're a 105 and you're in a raid that has 108 mobs, which Throne of the Dread Terror has, uh, because there are two levels in between 105 and 108, namely 106 and 107, you will be fighting them, let's say you're a heavy armor class at 60%, which my guard is, you will be fighting them at 58% cap. And there's nothing that you can do with that about that uh, that 2%. You're going to lose it regardless. So, so 58 becomes basically the new hard cap on Tier 2 Challenge in a raid. And then there's an unspecified amount that your mitigation is further reduced just because you're in tier two challenge. And this is the part that really sticks in my craw. I mean, I understand Lotro has to obfuscate some of their statistics and the way they do combat and the way they do some statistics. Um, otherwise, the min-maxers, you know, have nothing to do, right? Got to give them some fun. But um, there, in my mind, there's no reason really for this to be obfuscated. Why publish one limit and not the other? Because if you look in your stats at tactical and physical mitigation, you can see how exactly how much you have. And you can notice that after a certain amount, like when you get up to 59.9 or 60%, it stops going up. Um, so we know that's the mitigation cap for light, medium, heavy armor. Uh, why have a hidden cap that you don't really understand unless you parse combat logs? The only way we know what the hidden cap is, is that there are min-maxers willing to parse combat logs and write complicated spreadsheets. Stupid. Luckily, they then publish the results out on the wiki. So if you go out to the Lotro wiki, you find the following guidance at the very bottom. And uh, if you don't know what you're looking for, you might miss this. It says light armor, 40%. Tier 1, 13,125. Tier 2, 20,790. So what this means is that to get your lore master up to 40% physical and tactical mitigation... You need 13,125 in those two stats to get to that 40%. But if you're in a tier 2 instance, you need 20,790. That's almost 7,500 more of that stat to be at that same 40% in a tier 2 instance. Medium armor, 15,321. Tier 2, 23,049. This is as of update 18.1. Heavy armor. 60% is 17,491. On tier 2, 25,281 required. So roughly in each case, 7,500 more of the stat to be at that same level of mitigation in a tier 2 instance. Um, so uh, 7,500 over the cap level for tier 1 generally would get you 38, 48, and 58% mitts against a level 108 tier 2 challenge throne boss or Tier 2 Challenge, uh, Silent Street, Gloom of Nern. Now, I have to go back and check all of my max level tunes to see how I'm doing against this metric. For example, I took a look at my Lore Master. He was well above the uh, Tier 1 Light Armor cap at, I think, 15,000, but well short of the 20,000 he needed to be considered Tier 2 caps capped. Um, so, I had to add another Essence of Tactical Mitigation onto his gear, to get him up, if not up to 20,790, at least close, right? So if someone's asking you if your mitts are tier 2 capped, that's what it means. And uh, for all of those who didn't know, hopefully uh, the rest of my tunes are not too far off and that this is not a complete disaster. Anywho, if you go out and take a look at your tunes and compare them against them, it might uh, prod you to do some essence juggling. Uh, for example, on my guard, I've decided I have way more physical mitigation than I actually need. And I might want to consider moving uh, some of that across at, to tactical mitigation in order to get him up to spec. So, moving on from there. In this week's action-packed episode, we're going to uh, continue to glance back at the Update 20 release every now and then. Hopefully not wasting too much time. We're going to reflect on reflections. We're going to discuss the future of Lotro. No, not that future. I'm talking way into the future. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we will pad out our runtime with useless and boring filler material. Actually, we don't need that this week. We've got update 20, but let's move forward to our next beacon. We're at Nardal. Not Narcost, but Nardal. 
So what other games have we been playing this week? Let me see. All right. I know you guys are tired of hearing me talk about Clash of Clans, but pretty big breakthrough this week. Uh, I am six days away from owning a lava tower, which is kind of a big deal in the game. Been looking forward to that for a long time. Should be pretty cool and whatnot. And I also have updated one of my training halls to make the miner available to me for the first time. So big things afoot there in Clash of Clans. Um, Star Trek Online. I have a complaint. I did log in. You know when I log into Star Trek Online? Every time there's a Lotro update and I'm waiting for the Lotro update to process. So I was running the Lotro update this morning before I left for work so it would be ready when I got home. Of course that didn't happen because... As soon as I walked up to the computer, there was a dialog box saying, do you want Turbine to be able to make changes to your computer? And I'm like, no, SSG makes the game now. I don't want Turbine touching my computer. But I had to say yes, and then I found out that all the client dat iterations were still pending for me. So I still had to wait as much as I tried. Um, so I did log into Star Trek Online this morning, and I, you know, this is I hate being this dumb. First of all, uh, whatever my Star Trek fleet is dropped me because I hadn't logged into the game in three months. <laughs> don't blame them. You know, but I sent a note back to the guy saying, hey, I don't play much, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd still like to be part of the fleet. And then, this is annoying. This is stupid. You guys play Star Trek Online. Let me know. You can fix this for me. Help me. Send me a note. When you log on to Star Trek Online, there's always a little uh, dialogue box that pops up right in the middle of the screen that says stuff like, hey, you know, you're close to this quest, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do this? Or you want to call Starfleet? It has a list of options available. And I look around for the X to click on the dialogue box to get rid of it so I can play, and there is no X. There's no way to get rid of the box. You can't escape on it. You can't right-click on it. You try uh, expanding all the different sections. They expand, they close, they move around, but the box doesn't go away. It's like, why is there not an X on this box? That is the universal language for how to get rid of a dialog box you don't want in the center of your screen when you'd rather be staring at the depths of space that you want to explore. It's so annoying. <laughs> and I'm sure this is a super easy, dumb way to get rid of it, and I have no idea what it is. I tried for five minutes clicking on everything in the box I could think of. It doesn't go away. The only way I know to make it go away is to start tooling around and eventually it disappears. Like, oh, it's like, oh, you don't want me. Okay, I guess I'll leave. Please, you people that play Star Trek Online, fix me. I have been playing Overwatch and having a lot of fun with it still. Um, I puttered about in Shadow of Mordor and I got a legendary rune for my bow. It seems to help a lot. I might focus on going out there and finding the different weapon runes that you can... Uh, that you can uh, focus on to help you become more powerful. And I gotta say, um, I'm getting a full court press from others in the house uh, for Zelda and the Switch. <laughs> it's like, look, we just got a PS4 for Christmas. We are not getting a Switch. Well, all they're doing is watching, you know, YouTube videos of people play people playing the new Zelda game. I was like, oh gosh, please come out with it for the PC, like in the next year, so I don't have to listen to this anymore. I don't want to buy a Switch too, <laughs> please. All right, let's talk about what's been going on in Lotro lately. Well, in the last couple weeks, we had a buried treasure event. Um, one of my tunes had ten leftover picks in his bank. So I don't like to play the treasure event because they really haven't changed the rewards in some time. I'll duck over and do one or two rounds now and again just for kicks. But I had 10 leftover picks um, on one of my tunes, so I said, let's see what we can make out of these. Picks and berries, got the free picks, that's 12 total, went out to the fields, and after 10 picks, I ended up with a rich emote that I didn't have on that tune, and a treasure-laden goat. I'd call that a success. I guess that's why I keep playing it every once in a while. Uh, brag. Yesterday, finished grinding for another gold herbal bracelet, giving him two of the three-slot gold essence bracelets that you can get from the herbalism quests. And it was a bit of a grind because I have been noticing a decent amount of lag in Lotro this past week. And I thought I was the only one, but I'm, I saw people complaining about it in chat, and I even saw some people talking about it in Twitter. I mean, like I would click on a flower, and there would be a three-second pause before the bar even appeared to start collecting it. 
that was painful. So I don't see doing that, uh, you know, if it's that bad, I'm not going to be playing, right? But I was close to finishing off the 500 crimson essences you needed to get the uh, extracts you needed for the gold herbal bracelet. So I got my second one on Brag. And I think I have two of them on uh, several tunes now at this point and one on one or two more. Um, I don't think those bracelets are one of the things that are upgraded, so hopefully they will still be applicable and not just replaced with the first landscape drop I find in Update 20. My mini is 105 and working on leveling her LI legacies to Tier 59. Most of them are around the 52 to 55 range, so... Uh, got through a few uh, featured instance runs, getting closer. Her moment in the sun was a Sari Surma run where um, every once in a while, you may, rem may remember the boss on uh, Sari Surma um, takes the, the powers of one of the tunes that are attacking him for a segment of the fight. And if he takes either the champion or the guardian, he starts doing a reflect damage. <laughs> well, the reflect damage on the final boss, this is a featured instance run, you know, box run. Should be easy peasy, right? Nobody dies. You get in, you get out. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> well, everybody got killed when the reflect came up on the final boss. And I was the only one left alive. And so, you know, I took a pretty big hit too. But I healed myself. I ran around in circles. I healed myself. I ran around in circles. Uh, and I got enough health where I could risk standing still long enough to res our Cappy. Who then chain resed our tank. And between the three of us, done. Uh, but, you know... You've all had that moment in an instance or raid, if you group, where you're the last one left alive and somehow you manage to pull off the thing and everyone thinks you're a hero. Plus, I'm a mini, so I could res them all after the fight, which is always nice too. Uh, my Cappy the Fashionable has been leveling his legacies as well, mostly in the 50s right now. And uh, uh, did some upgrades and some jewelry and essences. He's at 40k morale in Redline now, which I think is good enough for most of the content I want to do. Um, you know, I did upgrade, I got some North Athelian Essences, which I upgraded to Infused Athelian Essences using the special crafting ingredients. I find the stat increases of that pretty underwhelming. If I had the Universal Solvents, I probably would do more, but I'm not going to buy Universal Solvents on the AH uh, just to do that upgrade, because in some cases it's like one or two dozen points on a main stat and maybe a hundred or 200 on an off point stat, like, you know, like armor or something like that, or mitigation or whatever the case may be. It's really pretty piddly overall. Um, so again, if I have the solvents, I'll make them, but I'm not going to go out of my way to buy solvents just for that. Uh, my Cappy also ran a BG raid run, which I don't see called for too often. And I've only done that in one or two tunes, including Bragg, who I soloed on at level, uh, but this was a level 105 run that someone wanted to do. I said, I'm in. Let's do a BG run. I brought my Cappy ready to go. The leader had no mic. I'm out. <laughs> so we got everyone together, got us all inside, and just started like doing stuff without talking at all. Like He had one or two minor instructions. Um, so some people that knew the run, including myself, started calling out some advice. You know, basically... He was in the gauntlet, which is the first part, and he sat still and didn't move. He was leading the front of the raid as a tank, and he was fighting everything until it was dead and then moving on. I was like, in the gauntlet, you can't do that. If you know the raid mechanic, you got to keep moving or you get overwhelmed. So we kept telling, dude, you got to keep moving. Fight a little and keep on moving. Fight a little and keep on moving. And he got tired of us saying that, so he ran all the way to the top, and the whole raid got killed. <laughs> And at this point, I said, you know, I could try to lead this raid, but I don't know it that well uh, for on-level play. Um, people started dropping off like flies, and I said, okay. I don't, I don't like to quit on people, but, you know, if you're going to lead a raid at level, um, you need a mic. <laughs> or you need to be very good at typing instructions and having some people to help. Uh, my lore master is halfway to 100 on her Herbal Daily quest title for the floral portrait frame. Uh, finally decided to upgrade his Helm's Deep Big Battle jewelry, which, uh, you know, is gold jewelry from Helm's Deep. I had a necklace and I think an earring, uh, which had a two-piece set bonus of 5% increase in tactical damage. And for LMs, tactical damage is a big deal, and I'd kind of been hanging on to it and hanging on to it. 
Um, so I finally decided to upgrade it with herbal jewelry, which I had enough extracts to do. So let's look at that, how it played out. A necklace and an earring. The necklace was, uh, for the herbal, had three slots. Um, I think I paid 150 verdant flowers for it. And I got the earring, uh, level 234 teal earring out of a box run drop. It has two slots in it. So five slots between them. Um... For the five slots, I put in uh, one Essence of Finesse, which got me close to 15% finesse. finesse. Generally speaking, I want in the range of 15 to 20, depending on what the tune is. That's at least what I look for. I put one Morale on it, which put my, uh, my LM Morale just above the 30K mark, which I think is fairly solid based on most of the LMs I've seen running around. And then I put three Will Essences on it. And... Uh, so I went out and I was trying to decide whether to put Tactical Mastery on it or Will on it for Essences. And there was a debate on this in the forums, which I read up on a little bit. And what it comes down to is this. Um, the Will Essences have a slight Tactical Mastery secondary on them, first of all. Um, and if you look at what Will gives you as you stack it, it gives you a bust to Physical Mastery, Resistance, and Tactical Mitigation. So pure will, in my opinion, is the way to go and the way the forums seem to think as well until you are capped on the secondary stats that will buffs. Resistance, tactical mitigation, uh, and physical mastery. Or, or resistance and tactical mitigation because you can continue to stack physical mastery. Um, so I think pure will is the way to go in essences until you, your resistance and your tactical mitts are at cap or near cap. And then you're probably better off doing tactical mastery essences after that. They might be more advantageous. Um, the physical mastery is that you get from stacking will is nice if you like to use your two hand, if you're two melee, your melee staff attacks, which I do. Uh, I use them a lot as an LM. I know some people don't. Uh, so I like the physical mastery I get from a will. Uh, but at some point, um, when your other two off stats, resistance and tactical mitigation aren't adding up, you're probably better off stacking straight tactical mastery. So in the end, uh, I got a finesse boost, I got a slight morale boost, and I got, uh, with the will I added, I got a 12% increase in my tactical damage output and a 10% increase in my physical damage output. So between those four factors, yeah, it was worth replacing the set bonus of 5% tactical damage bonus I had before. And I'm hoping my LM is in a good place now. Um... I was in a Silent Street Tier 2 Challenge pug run with my LM. Succeeded on a pug run last week. This one failed. Uh, we failed, probably wiped three times, and then the group decided to quit. And uh, on that run, we had a, a fairly low morale Berg. He had about 19k morale, uh, and he kept getting one shot. And I took a look at his gear, and it was, it was mostly leftover gear or landscape dropped gear. He didn't have any essence gear. Um, and, uh, I'm sure he did not have uh, tier two challenge cap mitts because he kept getting one shot. And when one person in your party gets one shot pretty frequently, um, it drains all of your in combat reses, which takes away all of your, um, you know, basically your safety margin, right? If something goes wrong, you can always reg someone and keep rolling. Well, we didn't have any reses because, uh, this one character kept getting one shot. And uh, after the run was over and everybody said, you know, we'll try another time, I contacted him and I was very polite. I said, you know, I, I, you know, uh, I inspected your gear and my recommendation for you is that I think you need a little bit more work on it, you know, to get your morale up uh, a bit in this area and some of your mitigations before you do tier two challenge content. Because, you know, if you don't, I think you're going to keep getting one shot like this uh, unless you have a really strong group that can, you know, that can carry you. Um, and, you know, I did it very politely. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but, you know, I, no one was mentioning it to him during the run, and I thought it was a public service. Um, you know, I, I don't like doing that typically, you know, let people play their game and enjoy it. They want to play it, but, uh, you know, I thought he should know. So my Berg is upgraded. He's I have upgraded all of his armor to um, box run sets at this point. Uh, and I noticed it gives him a plus 40 subtle stab damage bonus for a four-piece set bonus for box run, uh, box run armor gear. And uh, I was regularly critting at this point for 23 to 27k damage out of stealth, uh, coming out of stealth, um, which is uh, you know pretty good upgrade from where I was previously. 
And I did notice a 52, 52K crit in uh, one of the Boxrons we were doing in the Wraith of Water instance. I think on a Gloom. I snuck up behind him, stuck my both my daggers in his back, 52K crit. So that's a high mark for my Berg, which is kind of fun. And it kind of makes me excited to play him a little more. Um, I know he's not popular right now in groups, but uh, soloing in Mordor and one-shotting one creeps in front of the gates of Mordor could be kind of fun. Let me cut over and see what's going on in the instance. Hey, I got some loot from those guys I killed, and one piece of loot came up that I had not seen before. A cap of even gleam, which looks like a little uh, group of mushrooms, a barter item. It says, not to everyone's taste, but someone somewhere will regard it as a delicacy. So there are some new drops available uh, from landscape mobs that you can barter in the wastes. Cool beans. Um, so my Berg was running Sarisurma, and I learned something about frozen whites in Sarisurma that I had forgotten previously because someone in my party told me about it. Uh, he was saying, you're running as a Berg, try to engage the Whites first before the ranged uh, damage does. Uh, because apparently they put a corruption on the first person to attack them, which mitigates ranged and tactical damage, i.e. and healing, right? So your minis, your LMs, your RKs to zero and adds like a three or close to zero and adds like a 300% melee damage bonus for 20 seconds on the first person that attacks him. So if you're a tank or a burglar or a cappy or a champ running Sari Surma, you want to intercept those before they get to your hunters, minis, and RKs, etc. And by the way, for the folks that don't know it, if, you, if you're killing a bear and a ghost matron comes out after, you don't need to kill the ghost matron. If you run away, it won't bother you. But most people end up AOEing it down anyway just because it's faster than telling people not to attack it. So actually reading up on the real raid mechanics for Sari Surma made me nostalgic for running the, the old-fashioned way. It was a hard instance back in the day before it became a box run afterthought. And most tunes will probably never know that. Um, a hunter got a bunch of jewelry upgrades after getting no love for so long. Uh, I've been gearing some of those tunes by swapping out uh, box run drops from on armor pieces I have already with ones that can be if you go to the box run armor vendors uh, if you have a piece that you don't need you can trade it back in with a few long lost coins for another box so that you can gear up another tune with it so um, don't throw out those duplicate armor pieces if you have alts save them and you can swap them out and gear up your alts uh, when you when they're up to the level they need to be to get those it's a nice option uh, my Bjorning still needs more virtue grinding, but has none for now. He is not geared. <laughs> my champ did most of the Redhorn loads in Moria, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, ran, scum, ran some scum fill instances, both sides. Uh, nice deeds, and uh, already leveled to 61 now. Supposed to be moving on to Lothlorien based on that. I don't want to go, so I'm going to stay in Moria for a while. Um... And other Tolkien news, my tween dwarf of the house uh, has a biography assignment in school, and he decided he wanted to read Tolkien and the Great War. Um, we will see how that goes. I was trying to recommend to him something a bit more uh, subtle or uh, more appropriate for his reading level, but he says it's interesting, and he says he wants to plow through it, so I'm going to give him a chance. <sighs> I hope I don't end up having to uh, switch books on him last minute because he can't finish it. Uh, I have not read that book yet myself, so maybe he'll tell me something about it. I don't know. All right. That is enough about what I've been doing in game. I am, gosh almighty, 49 minutes into this podcast and just moving back past the what have I been doing in game this week content. <laughs> We've got a lot more to talk about. We've got some interesting stuff because we are at, boy, it's some serious music here in Mordor. Do you hear that? It's very scary, says the Count. I'm at Erlas. And at Erlas today, I want to talk, I want to reflect about reflections. No, not the mirror quests in Moria, you numbskulls. What are reflections? So I've been doing a lot of silly stuff in my podcast recently, and I'm like, I got to get back into some more 
hard-hitting game news. I'm going to talk about a game mechanic, uh, which I haven't done in a while. Reflections. Reflections literally cause you to take damage uh, whenever hitting a target when their reflection shield is up. Certain mobs have reflection shields that are buffs that appear periodically for them depending on their individual proclivities. Um, so reflection shields can vary from a percent of damage. So uh, if, a knob, if a mob reflects 25% of all damage, all the way up to 100% reflects all damage and that uh, attack it while, while it has a shield up. And if it's down at the 25% level, like some of the early mobs in Moria are, you might not even notice that it has it there. Uh, unless you moused over the debuff or the buff uh, for the mob and checked it out. Reflect uh, shields on mobs are the bane of champions, hunters, and RKs. Why? They're the highest DPS classes, and uh, they don't have the accompanying morale pool to handle the burn. <laughs> if they get 100% damage, uh, you know, if a champion hits multiple mobs with an AoE, all that have a reflect shield, he is going to die, and quickly. Hunters and RKs, you know, big DPS burst, they are going to die. Um, another thing to remember is that if you hit uh, a mob with uh, damage reflect with a damage over time skill or dot, uh, that dot will continue to cause you damage even if you stop attacking. So if you are fighting a mob that you know has a reflection shield, it's best not to use any dots on that mob or boss. Um, because once the shield comes up, any dots that are in play will start to impact you. Uh, so it's important to know which of your skills create dots and which don't, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Um, there are some plugins that can alert you, apparently, or notify you when you're receiving reflected damage, which sounds useful. Uh, one of them in particular is called Lotro Alerts which apparently is configurable to alert you to different types of combat skill occurrences that are happening. You know, for something like, you know, someone breaks my mez as a lore master and stuff like that. Um, so let's talk about a few of our skills as freeps um, that, that possess reflection. So if a guardian is in tanking stance, the blue line, they have a skill called Juggernaut. Um, that damage, that re which has a reflection shield up for it for its entire duration. Although that damage is not a percentage. So, so it doesn't reflect back 50% of damage or whatever. It's actually 400 damage, uh, DP 400 DPS per attack for 15 seconds. So everyone attacking you every time they hit you gets 400 damage back for the duration of that shield. Champion has a skill called Exchange of Blows, which I think is a percentage reflection of up to 50%, I believe. Uh, I don't hear a lot of champions talking about that skill, but I like to trigger it whenever I'm in a large group of mobs. I think it can be very valuable. Uh, burglar, depending on the line you're in, have a Knives Out skill, uh, which does reflection damage. And the Lore Master has an Air Lore skill, which he can place on a Fellowship teammate which reflects a small amount of damage. Normally I apply it to my tank when I'm in a run as a lore master. And I think it you know, reflects like maybe 5% of damage against the tank reflected back against the uh, person attacking them, which can add up over the space of a long boss fight. And the other character I'll mention that has a reflection skill, I believe is the Weaver over on Creepside, uh, has something called Toxic Carapace. I don't play a Weaver a lot, so I don't have the uh, the details on that, but uh, if you're fighting a Weaver, you might want to look out for it. Um, there is also equipment which can give you reflection shields. One famous example back in the Moria days, uh, everybody ran Moria instances trying to obtain an Insidious Cuff. An Insidious Cuff, I believe you used to be able to pick them up in the Grand Stairs, uh, would have reflection of a uh, reflection of damage caused to you by attackers. And what I remember about the Insidious Cuff is whenever you ran the 16th Hall, uh, if you got to the final boss instance, which is the the blind one, um, if you wanted to keep Tier 2 Challenge Mode, you could not kill any of the Grod Bug in the instance before the blind one died. And the most common mistake that people made for killing bugs 
was having reflection gear on so that when they got attacked uh, by a grod bug, uh, the attack would uh, rebound back on them and kill a grod bug, and you would lose challenge mode, which, you know, after an hour to get down to the blind one fight would kind of ruin the instance for everybody who was looking for one of the six armor pieces you could get in that instance back in the day. Uh, it was not something you wanted to do. So you didn't want to hit your reflection skills, and if you had a good raid leader, he would tell you to remove all reflection gear before the fight started. Um, so there are some cases where you don't want a reflection gear depending on the mechanics of the boss fight. There are landscape maps which have reflection, uh, though some you may barely notice. Uh, in the pristine glade in Dunland, there are Crabane that have it, up to 90% until you take their little stones away. The Dragonettes and the Silvertine Lodes in Moria have a small reflection skill that may be some of the earlier ones that you find. Goblins in the Nankuranir area in Dunland. Uh, Grodbeg with cracked shells, etc. Um, there are also skirmish mobs that have reflection. The most famous one is perhaps the uh, encounter Runenglad in Denenglor. The hardest encounter in all of skirmishing, or pretty close to it, because he has 100% uh, reflect. Uh, so you're not going to get through that fight unless you have some kind of self-heal uh, to balance it out. And there are also a few skirmish lieutenants that can pop up that have reflection damage. The Priest of Vengeance buffs a random ally, and it kind of looks like they have whirling sword blades in front of them when he buffs them. So you've got to kill the Priest of Vengeance to prevent him from giving the reflection buff to uh, the mobs all around him in the fight. And I believe the Echo of Death always has uh, also has a reflection skill as well. Uh, there are multiple boss fights uh, in the game that have reflection as a mechanic. I mentioned one earlier, and Sari Surma, the final boss, if he steals the powers of one of you know either the guardian or the or the champion, he can have a reflect skill. And earlier, the mini boss Cold Bear, the first boss of Sari Surma, has a, a reflection skill, and his is easy to see because he has the the kind of translucent rotating shields that go around his body. You can you can tell someone has not done that run <laughs> when they're killed on the cold bear fight because uh, after a couple times you know exactly when the shield's going to come up and it's very easy to see and you just need to stop DPS until it's gone. Basically kite him around in circles until it's done. Um, in Hog Valandil, which is the current uh, box run instance available, featured instance available, uh, there's a section right before the final boss fight where Fire and Limb Frame come out of a wall of fire. And they all do reflect damage, so you have to be a little careful about handling those. In Dark Delvings, I believe the final boss, Gervand, has a reflection. In Urigarth, uh, Lagmus has a reflection when ha he has his Crabane up and circling around him. I think it's 50%, something along those lines. Uh, I have not been to this fight yet, but apparently Throne Boss number 4, the Unbroken One, uh, during that fight, the Black Numenorean Saucer gets a Spell Shield buff 30 seconds that protects him from tactical skills and reflects 100% tactical back as shadow damage to you. Um, so that's going to be something any raid leader is going to want to call out to his group. In Silent Street 2-2 Challenge, when you're attacking the mini-bosses uh, before getting to the final fight, there are spying cots that pop up that will give the bosses a 50% uh, reflection for a temporary period. So you always want to take those little spying cats out first. And the, one of the ones I remember most is down in old Darnabagood. There's a bus called uh, Flagget, I think. Um, he has a buff called Vigor. And every time you attack him, when his Vigor is up, it heals him like a massive amount for every attack. Every time you hit him, uh, he recovers like 10,000 morale. Uh, and so that fight is all about control. DPS on, DPS off. The shield is up, the shield is down. And if you put, uh, as I mentioned before, a dot on that boss, every every time that dot ticks, he gets healed 10,000 back. So back in the day when that was on level, you could DPS for you know, a 10-minute boss fight and have one dot left by a hunter on would heal him all the way back up to full. And I saw raids break up and quit because they could not get that boss because there were people in the raid that just could not stop DPS in time on command. Uh, that's why in-game voice can be so important for something like that. So, conclusion. Reflect damage is the bane of pugs and newer players everywhere 
who will be confused, mad, and disappointed that they can't just tank and spank everything. I think it's a fair and fun game mechanic myself when you are given sufficient warning or visual cues to react. But as a public service message, remember, don't be a button masher. Only you can prevent suicidal reflections. Sorry, I'm such a chatty Cathy in this episode. It's going to be a long one. Let's cut it short. The Fifth Beacon, Min Rimon, and now the original word from our sponsor segment. This episode of Light the Beacons is brought to you by uh, dwarves. So pack that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Moving on to Callanhead. Listen, update 20's out. I got to do some playing here, okay? Uh, this last beacon for this episode, episode 63 of LTB, for you viewers out there, you know you're not viewers, agree to disagree, table it, is called Lotro 2112. I hear lots of articles about predicting what's up for Lotro in the last quarter of this year, or next year, or the year after that, right? And uh, the broken records that predict it's going to die every season, and it still hasn't. It's coming back strong. But no one looks way, way out there into the future. 2112. Is it that far away? It's less than 100 years. Here's some of my predictions for what Lotro looks like in 2112. It's run by Still Standing Stone Games, who's once again emerging from Chapter 11 proceedings back and better than ever. Uh, here are some of the loot rewards which are popular right now in 2112. The Uber Sword of Uberness, sponsored by Uber, is the top end game item on everyone's wish list. Those wielding it can summon a stable mount ride from anywhere on the landscape for a few mithril coins. Uh, the disgustingly filthy symbol of the Elder King, uh, which uh, provides the latest and greatest, uh, you know, first uh, first age symbol. Uh, Amphalas Scrolls of Overpowerment, which will allow your imbued legendary items to transmogrify to alternate tiers of existence. Um, Herbal Essence Shampoo, which will give you three extra essence slots on your headgear. And Cygnus X1 Starlit Crystals, which will give you plus three damage to Astral Kind. Uh, oh, I forgot. The uh, Sexual Favors of the Valar, which will auto-level you to 1,000 and grants enough class trade points to fill all ten skill trees. The featured instance of the week, an oldie but a goodie, the Orodruin Ring Drop. Other endgame dailies include polishing rocks in eastern Mordor and skipping them across the Sea of Nern for extra Hobbit presence. Uh, store sales this week, more storage. Shared storage slots, 4,975 through 5,000. Uh, crafting XP accelerators for the first 25 tiers of crafting. And second age level 85 bridles, so still no evolution there, unfortunately. Uh, Lotro's 67th playable class premieres in the next release, uh, the Bombadillo. Play as a great-grandson of Tom Bombadil and his second wife, Silverberry. Skipping about Middle-earth, singing nonsensical tunes which drive your enemies crazy. Uh, new playable race, the Nameless, from out of Moria. So get your eyeless, noseless, uh, mouthless horror uh, leveled today. And this week's community events, the Lonely Mountain Band publishes their 27th straight platinum album on iTunes. Their Hall of Fame induction is scheduled for fall of this year. Lotro's new festival, the third Thursday of August, premieres offering a chance to earn the latest mount in the game, the Steed of the Third Thursday, featuring a neon-flashing programmable blanket. Cordovan's great-grandson, Cordlet Jr. III, is still the community manager, and his Thursday afternoon Twitch stream, Board of the Rings with Court of the Rings, is as popular as ever. Lotro Players News uh, premiered episode number 63,476 this past week, has the latest on the Bull Roarer build, and is hosted by, you guessed it, Pineleaf, who demonstrates some new mechanics on his 1,000th level cap warden, Millipine. Lastly, in Lotro 2112 game news, PvP is still not balanced. That brings us to Halifurion. It's closing time for Blessed Relief. I am officially putting a mauve-colored bow on the 63rd episode of LTB, so I can up J update 20. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. 
You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for abutment. I like that word. Abutment. <laughs> it's childish. <laughs> so it amuses me. Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofbalan. My website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. I kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review if perchance you're so inclined. It's been since October 2016. Here we are at 2112. I very much appreciate it. Orlack of Arkenstone is long dead by now. If your comments incite me to forego my legendary... Luckily, dwarves live for hundreds of years. If your comments incite me to forego my legendary dwarven apathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast release. Respond in some way. I hope you laughed either at a movie, might learn a little something in a love game, slightly different perspective. Most of all, hoping you enjoyed the week in midlife. This is Bragg, Son of Balance, signing off. Baruch Gazad. And remember, the next time you long for the good old days of Lotro, and it occurs to you, this might be them. Don't despair. Light the beacons. Enjoy your waste landing. The grime.